It's time now to get the hell out of your life. A weekly broadcast with real people, sharing real struggles, and offering real hope. Today's show will encourage, inspire, and empower you to face life's challenges with a bold confidence and renewed hope. Now, let's join our host, Ron Myers, the promoter. Well, hello, listeners. So good to be with you again today. This is the show that is committed to encourage, to empower, and to inspire you to get the hell out of your life and have some joy, peace, happiness, and just walk in that awesome power of God. Well, today I have a special guest. Uh, Actually, I'm talking to him. If I am correct, he is at the foothill of the mountains in Georgia, and he picked up our show one day through a podcast, and he submitted a story. He's got an incredible story. His name is Mitch Easley. Mitch, how are you today? Ron, I'm doing great. How are you? And yes, I am in the Georgia mountains right now watching the waves fall off the trees. I love the fall season, the color, the foliage of the trees. It is so beautiful. Mitch, what also is beautiful is to hear from people that have had some serious hell in their life, but one day they just surrender and let the Lord love the hell out of their life. Let's tell the listeners a little bit about Mitch Easley. All right. The reason I love to share my story is because I want Jesus Christ to be glorified through what has happened in in my life. I was actually born and raised down there around Biloxi, Mississippi, over in Ocean Springs. My parents are absolutely amazing. They, they're uh, my mother's in ministry down there, and uh, my father very involved in deacon in the church. And I was raised in the church. All of that, all of the childhood was great, uh, but all of a sudden, at about age eight, some things started to change with me uh, emotionally, um, and unbeknownst to me, uh, I started dealing with the signs and symptoms of, of mental illness at, at age eight, seven or eight years old. I um, would deal with depression, and I didn't even know what that was. I, I would uh, cry for no reason or anxiety. I had anxiety that was just through the roof that caused me all kinds of health conditions. And then at age uh, 15, um, after years of enduring uh, the effects of the mental health and also um, dealing with a lot of, you know, kids can be, kids can be cruel because of the mental health situation. Uh, I was an easy target. And uh, so I endured years of, of uh, trauma through uh, my interaction with my peers. And age 15, I uh, was hanging out with some, some folks in the neighboring town, some kids my age from my youth group at church and hanging out on the weekends. And there was beer there. And I decided without even giving it a second thought that I was going to try alcohol. And wouldn't you know, I just absolutely fell in love with it. Now, I now realize that it, it helped me feel normal and it balanced out my brain chemistry and it, it makes you fit in, makes you feel like you fit in. It helped me forget that I didn't fit in. By age 18, I was drinking like a full blown alcoholic while I was in school. And then at age 18, I started uh, experimenting with drugs. Then by age 21, I was uh, completely addicted to, um, pain meds, 
using cocaine on a regular basis and a whole slew of other drugs. From there, I would get fired or asked to quit or just walked off the job of every every job I had ever had. At age 28, I got to the point to where a family member approached me and they recognized that uh, you know, I had a problem. And I went to a treatment facility, my first treatment facility at age 28, and got sober there. It was August the 11th of 2002 is when I was sitting in a room in the treatment facility questioning everything and my salvation. And, you know, I, I felt the Holy Spirit just say, you, you know that if you died right now, where you would go and you wouldn't be with me. And I said, well, you know, we'll talk about it tomorrow. And why not now? I just felt the Holy Spirit just tugging at my heart. Why not now? And so I sat right there on, on that bed in that little room and accepted Jesus Christ into my heart as my Lord and Savior. I'd love to be able to say that's when everything changed and my life turned around. And that was the beginning of it. That was the, that was the beginning of the Lord being at work in my life. But I still had lots of years of hell to go through. Since then, I got married, had a child, but still had no idea that I was struggling with an, an extreme circumstance of mental illness. And ultimately, through a, everything from Katrina to financial crisis, the financial meltdown in 08, I turned back to alcohol. Within a matter of six months, my marriage was over. I lost my career. And shortly thereafter, I was back in another treatment facility. Well, I'll fast forward. And I've been through, I don't know how many emergency room visits, five treatment facilities, five arrests, all due to alcohol. I've lost all the jobs I ever had up until that point, until I was almost 40 years old. Ultimately, after receiving a mental health diagnosis at age 39 in a psychiatric hospital at that time, went through a few of those, I had attempted suicide. I had attempted to take my own life because I just I couldn't live with the pain or the feelings of failure, that I just couldn't get sober, that I was always going to battle this. And I tried to take my own life. And I actually succeeded. I, my heart failed twice. They hooked me up to every hose and tube uh, that they had in there. And I woke up in intensive care, restrained to a bed. I couldn't even speak. I can hear the doctors telling my family, standing at my bedside, I was going to be extremely mentally challenged, handicapped. I was going to be in a wheelchair. They didn't know if I would ever walk again. They said that I would need to be on dialysis and potentially need a liver transplant. They were monitoring my blood levels every four hours to determine how extreme the damage was going to be. I couldn't speak. I couldn't even, I could hear them clearly and comprehend what they were saying. But whenever I would speak, it would just come out. Uh, five days later, I was sitting up in the bed in intensive care, extremely depressed, but having a conversation with the doctors and the nurse, nursing staff, just as I'm talking with you right now, getting up, going to the restroom by myself. And the doctor's shaking his head, just, just, and he said, this just doesn't make any sense. This shouldn't be. 
And in the back of my mind, I heard the Holy Spirit just say, son, that's because they don't know me. Well, I spent uh, 10 days in a psychiatric hospital after that, and that's when I came to the North Georgia mountains to a 12-month facility 500 miles away from home. I left the Mississippi Gulf Coast, and it was 78 degrees, and the sun was shining. I was riding down the beach, and I got to Georgia mountains. It was 42 degrees, and the sun didn't come out for five days. <laughs> uh, I didn't know how to handle it. So was that the place but, where the where the transformation began taking place in Georgia? You're there in a treatment facility for 12 months. Drugs and alcohol, uh, the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, but also uh, treatment facilities will teach that drugs and alcohol are simply a side effect to an underlying spiritual problem. And what I had going on inside of me was spiritual. That time there was an opportunity for for the Holy Spirit to come in and start to heal wounds and past hurts and for me to invite him in and he and I together get through these these things. When that healing and that transformation took place, I have I have the strength and the ability to refuse alcohol and drugs, to turn away from that life. And not only that, he's now given me a platform and a ministry. How long ago was that? Six years ago, uh, December fifth six years ago and it just so happens that december 5th this year to the hour i will be marrying the love of my life up here in georgia mountain so basically the first part of your life was just a lot of hell in there you were like that little hamster running around on a wheel you were trying to make progress but you weren't going anywhere and it took you dying or coming to your death almost inside of a hospital did it scare the hell out of you or did jesus love the hell out of you or a combination of both now if it's been six years obviously you haven't been going back to drugs or alcohol so there really is a transformation that has taken place there absolutely is and yes he did love the hell out of me there are people who can get sober still living in the world, dealing with the hell of the world. But in order to have the fullest quality of life, Jesus Christ is the only answer. Now, a lot of people would say, well, you know what? I haven't been to church and I've never had Jesus and I've been off of uh, booze uh, for about 10 years. So that guy on the radio Ron's talking to doesn't know what he's talking about because I don't have a relationship with Jesus and I'm free. What would you tell that person? There, there are a lot of people. I know a lot of people that have gotten sober through a variety of programs, through their own strength, through their own power, uh, willpower. That's amazing. That's wonderful. And I congratulate them. But I will say that the fullness and the quality of life that is available to that person more than they would ever imagine. Not only that, there's a purpose. There's a reason that we were created. Each, each of us was created for a purpose. And until we are in relationship with Jesus Christ, we do not recognize that purpose. There is a, a fullness, a fulfillment that happens, that, that God-sized peace. There is a wonderful purpose that God has a plan for each of us. And if we don't understand that place, in life where we are supposed to be, 
we take a, a high risk of being attracted to drugs or alcohol or some other things to try to fill the void when God really has an incredible plan for us that fills the void. Do you feel now uh, it's been six years or do you have an excitement for life? Do you look forward to get up every morning? Are you excited to share your destiny with other people? Absolutely. You know, that's actually, that's my career now. I've been called into ministry and I've known it for years, but I rebelled against it and uh, it was miserable. But God has a way of boxing us in. Um, I'm now the director of a facility and I work with people every day who are living with and dealing with a mental health diagnosis and substance abuse disorder or have attempted suicide or family members of suicide victims and trauma and all of these things. And then I also work with all of our local treatment facilities up here, including the one that I graduated from. So it sounds to me like you're saying that God takes our mess and turns it into a message to other people. Because if you wouldn't have gone through the hell and the failure and the stumbling and the uh, relapses with drugs and alcohol, your story may not be that uh, compelling that you really can relate to them because you've been there, done that. You can bond with these folks because you've been there and you've done that. Absolutely. As I said in in the letter I I sent you, Ron, I've been arrested five times, lost every job I ever had. This is a part of my testimony. Uh, five treatment facilities, four psychiatric hospitals. I don't know how many trips to the emergency emergency room, uh, intensive care after a suicide attempt, uh, and a, two heart attacks in there, a failed marriage. All of that to lead me to completely bankrupt spiritually and emotionally and financially, and I wouldn't change it for the world because out of that, God has given me a purpose and a ministry, and I'm happier than I've ever been. Listeners on the phone, I'm speaking with Mitch Easley, who is sharing his story of addiction, of attempting suicide, psychiatric hospitals, just a lot of hell in his life. And finally, one day at the age of 40, he just let the Lord love the hell out of his life. So right now you've got the uh, microphone and somebody out there can relate to you. Maybe they're suffering from an addiction of some sort. What would you tell that man or that lady or that teenager? I would say that hope is absolutely possible. We're going to make mistakes, but keep trying. Just keep trying and reach out. And, and talk to somebody, talk to somebody that's been there, done that, set the t-shirt on fire. It is possible. Recovery is possible. Amen, Mitch, because there are a lot of people right now just with so many things going on. 2020 has been one of the most chaotic years I've ever seen in my life. So a lot of people to deal with what's been happening have got into alcohol and drugs. It kind of numbs the pain, but it doesn't take away the problem. And there is a point that each of us no matter what we're going through, we have to look in the mirror and say, you know what? Enough is enough. And I want to do something with my life because 
there are probably some people saying, you know, listening, oh, there he goes again. God has a plan, but he really does have a plan. It's a good plan. And he did not create any of us to go through torture, through agony, through addiction. But yet there is an evil force in this world in good versus evil. You've got a anti-God spirit that wants to kill, steal and destroy and take away our destiny and our hope and our opportunities but we have God that will fight for us, but we have to wave that white flag of surrender and say, you know what, Lord, I cannot do this anymore on my own. I am whipped. I am beat. I am at the end of my rope. Help me. And once we do that and we fully surrender, then God can begin putting the pieces back together in our life. Is that correct, Mitch? That's absolutely correct. I couldn't have said it any better. And if I may, Ron, before we end our call, our conversation, uh, I'd like to appeal to anyone that has loved ones or friends and uh, acquaintances that, that deal with mental health diagnoses or with substance abuse. You know, with as you said it perfectly, with in 2020, people are being forced to do the one thing that is most detrimental to their recovery and their mental health, which is they're being forced to isolate. And relapse rate, I mean, I, I don't know how they're going to get the exact numbers, but we're seeing 25 to 40% uh, relapse rate on substances. I know of three people in this past month that have committed suicide. One of them was 13 years old. Yeah, that's just so, totally unacceptable. And so, please, I appeal to everyone, reach out, communicate, talk to one another. Um, share the gospel with each other. Absolutely. Reach out to your friends. Absolutely. Yeah. Mitch, how do people reach out to you? Maybe they have a question. They want to uh, private message you. Uh, how do they get in touch with you? Uh, yeah, they can reach me on Facebook. Mitch Easley uh, on Facebook. Uh, I should have my location there in, in North Georgia. They're welcome to contact me there. I have no problem with uh, Ron if they want to contact you. I feel confident and and uh, you giving them my contact information, I'm, I'll be happy to talk with anybody. If it, if uh, God, God's done what he's done for me, I can't not share it. Amen. Uh, one last thing before I let you go, Mitch, uh, I ask this to all my guests. How do you get the hell out of your life? Jesus Christ is, a, is the only way, the way, the truth, and the life. All right. Absolutely. Well, Mitch, God bless you, and thank you for sharing the story of how you got the hell out of your life, and we'll check in with you again real soon, okay? All right, Ron, thanks. What a great interview with Mitch. You know, he found out that when he surrendered to God, that his life began to transform. He started walking with God, and walking with God is not a matter of discipline and commitment. It is a matter of surrender choosing to walk in God's supernatural power, moment after moment. But before that can happen, you have to ask yourself, do I want to walk to glorify God or gratify myself? Now, I can personally testify that walking a path that glorifies God leads you on a journey that words cannot describe. Everything I am doing to this day I never even knew I could do. And everything I thought I was going to do, I am not doing. When you choose the path that honors God, my friends, you open up every possibility 
that will lead you to sharing a story of God's faithfulness, his mercy, his grace, his forgiveness, his renewing, and his redemption. Remember this, you can never give up. Mitch never gave up. He never gave in, and he never quit trying to pursue God because the pain of his addiction was so tremendous that he knew God would be the only way he could eliminate that pain. God will never quit on you. You are his beloved child. I know sometimes it seems like it's never going to work out. Life just keeps collapsing in front of you. You make one step forward and another step backwards. I've been there. I understand that. But you have to have that attitude of gratitude in thanking God for what he will do in your life when you totally surrender. Friends, I really want you to think about what it is that you want in your future. And I will tell you from experience that it really is good what God has for you. I always like to say, if you give Jesus your heart, he will give you his voice. When I return, I'm going to tell you my prediction for the upcoming election. You don't want to miss that. Does God speak to us today? If so, what does he sound like? Thundering roars? Crashing waves? A booming megaphone? Maybe sometimes, but maybe it's not quite as Hollywood dramatic as all that. Maybe it's a little more simple. John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. In the midst of all the noise and questions, God is speaking and we can hear his voice. We just need to learn to recognize it. So what does he sound like? He sounds like love, like reconciliation, like kindness, wisdom, hope, truth. Do you know those sounds? Then maybe you hear his voice more often than you think. Maybe you're being led by him more than you realize. Maybe God is speaking to you and you actually are listening. You just didn't know it. Ron will be back in a moment to wrap up today's conversation. Would you like to get the hell out of your life? Would you like to live a life with peace and purpose? We can help you. Simply go to our website, thepromoter.org and download your free copy of Get the Hell Out of Your Life. This free resource will encourage, empower, and inspire you to become the person God created you to become. It's time to get the hell out of your life and discover your divine destiny. Now, back to Ron. So the upcoming election, who is going to win? Well, I know one thing, 50% of the population will be happy. The other 50% will not be happy. But I want you to think about this. You are the author of your destiny. You have the paintbrush and God has given you a canvas to become everything he created you to become. And who you become in your destiny is not based on a Republican, a Democrat, or an independent. Sometimes we see somebody and we are attracted to them, their charisma, their 
influence or whatever it is. But friends, we have to remember it is our destiny. Who is going to take care of your family? Who is going to pray for your children? Who is going to be there for your sick parents? Only you. So what we have to remember in this election season, that whoever wins this, your life really isn't going to change unless you allow it to in your head and you create all these things that are going to go wrong. Listen, God has given us the power of not fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. And when we walk hand in hand with God, it doesn't matter what obstacles are out there, who's controlling the world, because God will take care of us. He will hold us in the palm of his hands and he will blow the hell out of our lives. So don't get so wrapped up in this election because one out of every two people are going to be pretty miserable after this election. But don't be miserable. Understand, oh, well, you know what? It didn't go my way. Well, this will be your opportunity to get more involved in your community, in your city. Maybe you should get into city council. Maybe you should get on the uh, PTA board or run in local offices. But we need to get involved and not always relinquish the the problems in the world to other people. Let us rise and be who God created us to be. I ran for a state Senate seat a couple years ago here in the district uh, in Southern Mississippi. I didn't win, but I had a ball talking with people. And just the fact that I was trying to make a difference, even though I didn't go over the goal line, I got in the game and I played and I loved it. And I met a lot of wonderful people. Now, will I ever try it again? I may. I may not. I don't know. But listen, friends, God is good. God is great. Your life is good with God. So don't get wrapped up in all the crazy things going on in this world. Focus on you, your family, your destiny, and whatever it is that is burning in your heart to let loose and let go and let God do what he wants to do. This is your time. This is your time to be everything you were created to be. It's time to no more taking the back seat. In fact, it's time to go to the front of the bus and become the driver of your destiny with God giving you the directions. This is the greatest time, in my opinion, to be alive and be in the hands of God. Because when the world is falling apart and people look at us, I see people ask me all the time, how can you be so calm, Ron? How can you be so positive when the world is falling apart? Because my trust isn't in the world. It isn't in a politician. My trust is in Jesus. So I'm voting for Jesus this election, and he will be the winner if we put him above men. Amen. Amen. I just am excited, and God bless you, and God bless America, and get the hell out of your life.
Today's show was produced by Ron Myers Ministries, a listener-supported ministry. For a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website, thepromoter.org. And would you prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation so that we may continue to share stories of God's amazing grace with the world? And join us next week for another broadcast of Get the Hell Out of Your Life. Real people, sharing real struggles, and offering real hope.